0: Hello and welcome to the reversing climate change podcast. I'm Ross Kenyon. I am the creative editor at Nori's Carbon Removal Marketplace. Today I have with me Marcus Torgaby, author of Under the Open Skies, Finding Peace and Health in Nature, which you uh, produced with your wife, who took some beautiful pictures for it. Thanks for being here, Marcus. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am happy to have you here. How do you
1: describe this book? It's just my ambition to help people to build a relationship with nature. That's just was the ambition when I wrote this book. So,
0: yeah. And it seems that your ambition is rather ambitious, given that you, <laughs> um, you didn't do it in an easy way in connecting with nature, did you?
1: No, no. I did it the hardcore way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the way it should be. Yeah, let's
0: let's fill our listeners in a little bit about how you came to appreciate this lifestyle and live it so hardcore, as you say. Mm.
1: Well, you know, when I was around 20 years old, it was just too much thoughts in my head. I had no direction in life. So I just... I thought that I must put myself in a situation where everything is black and white. So... That's the reason why I took the train up north in, in, in Sweden and just walk three, four hours out in the forest and build me a camp out there and stay there for four years. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> just let Maybe, that sink You over. know,
1: yeah, I, I can understand that this sounds crazy, but for me right then, it, it was just the, the right decision. I, I just... Um, uh, I had so many thoughts in my head, and, and um, you know, I, I think this was the best option for me to to find a, a, a way forward. So yeah, mm. and I thought that maybe nature can help me with that. Uh, and I thought if I live close to my basic needs, maybe I find something. So that was the reason. So so. Um, close to the Arctic Circle, so, so it's uh, far up north. And of course, in the winter time, it's quite cold, minus 40, 30, 40 degrees. So you must uh, stay focused in, if you will make it. But uh, it's also that that was, um, you know, it's a, a big um, satisfaction when you feel that, OK, maybe I can fix this.
0: And when you started, you were alone, and it strikes me as ascetic, monastic. Instead of being a desert father, you're maybe an Arctic father or some sort of Buddhist ascetic. Do you see yourself as part of an ascetic tradition somehow, or, or is that the wrong way to understand it?
1: No, no. I see, you know, the guys that live in the, in the desert, I was... Um, yeah yeah, i I read about them when i was young so maybe yeah maybe they they lived in a warmer area but the, the the mindset was the same so yeah i had that thought in my head what's
0: it like when you strip out so much of what we view as necessary what's left behind when it's just sort of you and your very basic elemental needs
1: you know life become rich And that was very strange for me to feel that because now if I see a a, a guy or a girl live simple as that, maybe I I can think that, oh, it seems a little bit uh, harsh and uh, hardcore and and, uh, empty and uh, poor. But when you, you live in that uh, environment as everything as you you feel a big richness because okay today it's really really cold and then you start the fire and when you feel the the, the heat from a fire over the chest you know it's it's a great feeling inside so it was a very rich life and that has helped me a lot to realize that that i don't need so much things rather the opposite as to focus to be happy with uh, less things so so it was a good start for me to, to move out to feel that
0: I can see that there is a lot of learning that took place around materialism and how much you need but it seems like a lot of your desire to be in nature well the way that you're putting it on this show is you had a lot of thoughts and in the book it sounds like There's various elements of trauma in your life or things that you were trying to deal with. I think a lot of people would say that it's better probably to to run closer to people in cases like that, rather than to seek solace being alone. What might you say about something like that?
1: Yeah, but I think that sometimes I think it's important that you put yourself in a situation where it's up to you to survive, because... If you survive, you have to uh, find something, uh, you know. it's If you always have people around you, you always ask them for advice and things like that. And I think that can just make you more um, uh, f***ed up in the head. <laughs> Sometimes I think you must just find it. And it's not always easy. But uh, for me, it was like that. I realized that... It will not be a salvation if I talk to other people. I, I must find my own way, and the only way I can do that is by myself. So sometimes I think it's important to live a black and white life. Not always, but sometimes, especially when it's you have like uh, anxiety or ah oh, you don't feel happy. I think if you put yourself in a black and white situation, everything will become more clear, I think. So it's it's easier to feel and to see what's important for real. You understand what I tried to say?
0: I think so. And uh. pardon me if this is not how you see your cultural background, but it strikes me as extremely Nordic. It reminds me of Soren Kierkegaard or Ingmar Bergman <laughs> of these sort of like stark melancholic uh, not a lot of words almost (laughs) no
1: no 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 yeah it's like that you know you know now when i look out from the window now it's uh, like seven in the evening in sweden and the, the place we live it's just dark outside i don't see any light and i see the stars and i think that do something with me you know and i think many people today they live in a urban environment so they never see the stars and i think that will shape them to something and i don't believe in that you know i believe in the stars and to get because stars give you perspective of things that are important. I think it's important to also see the horizon. You know, to live in an environment like that. Also for me, anyway, I, I something happens inside of me when I live close to that. So that's why I try to, oh and live close to that.
0: So you stripped out everything that you viewed as unnecessary, but. As time goes on, you became married, started a family, and you've grown out from your little outpost of solitude into having a family in the wilderness. How, yeah. how did this happen in your mind, or, or how did you know you were ready to start adding things back in?
1: But, you know, when I met Frida, it was like a, like a punch in the stomach. So I just know that uh, Frida, she's the one. Uh, uh, so I just stayed with her. And of course, in the beginning, it was a big change for me because I was used to just be by myself out in the forest, out in the darkness and in the cold. And it was also a big change for Frida to, to live with a guy like me. But uh, So it took some years to find a balance be- to, between those two uh, worlds uh so, so in the beginning it was a little bit tough of course but now i think we have like a good mixture between the the simple life and the you know the more hectic lives are you
0: close enough to others that you're able to sustain friendships and yes a, yes co-school? yeah
1: yeah yeah i'm a um, I have a black belt in that, you know, because relations are really, really important. Uh, So so I I try to also put in a lot of energy in relations because it's important. That's a good thing with with me. I am very loyal. So when I like someone or something, I try to stay with that.
0: Do you maintain those relationships with social media or do you stay far away?
1: You know, I don't have any telephone. Now we do this over the internet, but uh, it's my wife that uh, fixes things like that. Because, you know, I don't have the... I suck into it, so it's easier for me to not have it. That's my way. Frida, she can have more thoughts in the head than she have a, a she's more balanced. You know, me, I'm more black and white. So it's easier for me to don't have any telephone, (laughs) things like that, because otherwise it will become crazy in the head and everything will fall apart. So yeah, that's my way to to fix it. And maybe this sounds a little bit odd, but yeah, I think you must find your own way. And uh, Frida and me, we have like a, a good mix between this.
0: I think so. And I think it's a good question to know how much technology is appropriate for your own mental health. I always liken back to Wendell Berry when computers became possible for personal ownership, just said, I'm not going to do this and never has. There are some serious downsides to it, right? You're much less connected, things move a lot slower. But I think he prefers the pace that he set and he has made a choice about, uh, yeah, it's a little bit Amish, right? You just said, like, yeah. at this point, no further. And it sounds like maybe you've done something kind of similar.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, because, you know, I, I want my head to be healthy. And, and I think it's not easy if you have too much information around you. I think today that's a big problem. And I think it's important to uh, put time in... Um, so you just can be with your own thoughts and uh um, oh so maybe that's why i try to stay away from too much telephone and too much internet and too much netflix and too much television series and things like that because it will not help me it just yeah
0: do you spend much time reading or do you consider books in a similar category
1: no, not now. Uh, so when I lived out in the forest for those four years, I read two books. So that was enough. <laughs> but I, I read them very, very carefully. But now I read one or two books every month. But more as sort a of, feeling when I read, so it's, a, it's a better feeling inside. Uh, if I compare that to watch a, a series on Netflix, you know, I, I feel uh, more calm. I have like a big uh, issue, and so it's I have so much energy in in the head, so, so I must take care of myself, and I think I do that when I live a little bit off the grid and a little bit more back to nature and back to basic. You know, every morning before I woke up my kids, uh, I, I must start a fire in the chimney, and maybe that sounds oh. Oh, that's uh, why do you do things like that it's it's not easier to just have like a radiator but i like the feeling when it's a little bit cold in the house and then i start the fire and then when the kids come down from the rooms they sit close to the fire i think that do something with them and that uh, do something also something with me when they oh you know i so, Life is not just like a straight highway. That's not the way it should be. I I think it's more up and down. And I think we should live our life more like that. More like a a year in nature. Sometimes it's cold. Sometimes it's warm. And that's the way it should be. Don't be afraid of freezing or, or if you are a little bit hungry. That's okay. Because when you eat, you feel full. And then you're happy, you know. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some wisdom to
0: that. I like that. I have a sort of banal suburban example, but I have one friend in particular, and oftentimes it comes up that we really miss you know coming to consciousness in the 90s. And we were sort of the first generation that the internet, I remember like 56k modems booting up and making those horrible sounds. But, and it wasn't like everything is streaming and built for the internet. I remember going to Blockbuster. I remember having CDs and cassette tapes and and, Mm -hmm. uh, video game cartridges and stuff like that. And I missed the sort of physicality and the, that everything wasn't seamlessly plugged into a digital environment. And it was sort of clunky, even though it's objectively worse, I think in some ways, I think trying to explain why this is good to someone who didn't experience it won't make sense. And it might just be nostalgia. But I sort of I sort of miss when things were a little bit less integrated in that way. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, perfectly. I think things that are hands-on, you know, that's good. To feel something. yeah, so those kind of things have shaped us humans for thousands of years, and I think it's important to have a connection with that even if we don't need that for our survival today. You know, today you can work as a journalist, you can just write things and you can live in that. But, but I think still it's important to just use your hands, sometimes to feel it with the body, to feel it in the skin.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I think there's a tendency to make everything about software and digital, or you can imagine an app where it's like, you know how in the old days you used to have to get together with people and love them and all their difficulties? What if we could simulate a relationship with none of the bad <laughs> parts? You'd be like, that's that's clearly not the point of it, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I feel like we we do head that direction and I think it misses something really core about life that is tragic. Yeah. Um, maybe you're immune from that. Maybe I'm just closer to Silicon Valley uh, here. And so I see more of that app stuff that you don't even see. But some of it is like, why don't you just join the Elks Lodge in your neighborhood or go, join a bowling league? Yeah. Why do you have to have some sort of like weird esoteric app for sorting in this kind of way? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, do you know your no, neighbors and, her, her names and their kids and stuff? <laughs> go ahead. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, but I'm not immune. But but you know, I, I try to. You know, I was born and raised on on the island outside the west coast of Sweden. My whole family were fishermen, so, so to live a life close to the the environment that has always also it it has always been close, you know. And I think that has shaped me, and I can see the. positive things with it and i can also see that sometimes it's really really tough you know but today when the kids grow up also the things that are normal today for 50 years ago it would be crazy you know so so and what will all this tech thing do with the kids Mm, that's a interesting question I try to teach my kids the things outside because the internet things, they saw so, so much in the school and things like that are focusing on that. So the, the nature and things, so it's, it become like um, not so common today. And, oh. Yeah, I don't think it is. Well, have you thought about to what
0: degree your children will use smartphones and, and how to manage access to things like that
1: but you know i i try to me and my wife we, we try to help our kids so they can ask themselves questions you know so sometimes it's it's tough but you know me as a parents when they are younger i just decide but when they grow older so they must also understand what's it's good for me so i think it's important to Teach them so they can ask themselves questions, you know, is this good for me? If it's not, don't do it, you know. And sometimes they will fail, but in the long term, I think it's really really important because they must live their own life and and they must find their own way, and that is not always easy. Uh, And I think, as parents, it's so easy to just go and and try to focus or teach them too hard you know i think sometimes it's you must just take a step back to just have the what you say this language is so hard you know you know i was living in the forest for many years and I quit school quite young. So, so, so talking English is really, really tough. (laughs) So I get frustrated because the, the words, see, stocks like glow in the head.
0: So I, I agree. I think that's a great thing for parents to try to teach their kids. They clearly need to know, Hey, this thing that I'm doing is not good for me. And this is not a new question. I think of there's a Greek term called akrasia. That's from the platonic dialogues and probably earlier, but it's that if you know what the good is, why do you choose anything other than the good? And for instance, I find myself on Facebook quite often, people listening to the show. No, I do not think social media is in general so great for the way our minds work. And yet I click on it over and over again. I know that's designed to draw you in, but I know it's not good for me. I know it oftentimes makes me a little bit aggravated. And yet I keep going back to it. I don't even really know why. So maybe my parents didn't adequately instill in me what you are trying to instill into your children. Maybe that's what's happening.
1: But, you know, I think Facebook and things like that. So, you know, it's smart people that develop things like that. So it's something in the head. And I think it's uh, it's not easy. For me, I realized that I cannot handle it. So it's easier to just don't have Facebook. That's my solution. <laughs> Maybe not the, the, the best solution, but for me, it's the best solution. My wife, for her, Facebook is no problem. Maybe she goes in in Facebook once a week, and that's okay with her, you know, but not more. But if I have Facebook, It's become my, uh, you know, my God, (laughs) it becomes too much. So so I think just that's just my head uh, that works like that. And maybe you are similar. So, yeah, sometimes I think, how does that feel in the body? If it's okay, uh, okay feeling continue. If it's not okay, take it away. And then you just do it, you know, go out for a run instead. Then you come home and you are a little bit hungry and then you eat some porridge and then life is perfect. <laughs> it's easy like that. It's easy like that. Yeah. You yes, it is. Easy. yes. <laughs> but it is. Super easy. Yes.
0: Maybe it is not easy. But
1: you know, if you always have a candy in the pocket. You will eat it. So why do you buy candy? So don't buy it. Or then you decide, okay, every Saturday I buy some candy. And then you eat candy for $2 and then it's okay. Or maybe you must uh, have some rules for yourself. I don't know. But but for, for me, it's easier to... I don't eat candy. I, I don't eat it because, oh, you know, if I start, it, I am like... I have this, you say, addicted. So I have that kind of personality. So it's easy, easier to to not have it. Yeah, it makes sense. I think a lot of people find it's easier to
0: totally abstain from something rather than saying, oh, on this day, I can do this. On this other day, oh, I can have one cigarette here, or eat one candy bar here. Before they know it, they're buying packs of cigarettes or yes. <laughs> whole bags of candy. So... Yeah, I but think, but that's a I old think
1: old. also the the thing with the social media, Facebook, and things like that. I, I think people have this feeling of a fear of a missing out, but I think you sooner you realize that ninety nine point nine percent of all the things in the world you will miss, you know, and that's okay. So focus on the your one percent, you know. So I think it's important to find what is my percent, and when you find that, life become more easy, you know. And I think under the four years I lived out in the forests, uh, I I find my 1%. So I try to stay with that, you know, all the 99% will just distract me. So so I just take that away and focus on my thing and my family's things and things like that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I imagine people listening might wonder, I'm sure they can make this link to climate change if they hadn't already and maybe we can spell it out for you. But when I think about climate change, oftentimes it feels very zoomed out to me where we're talking about markets or policy and things that are either at the national or international level, global level, and your world seems extremely small. I know that sounds bad, mm-hmm. but, I, but uh, I actually- No, 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 no. Oh. It's fine. You're like sure. so zoomed in on uh, your life and your family, and I'm wondering what wisdom we might be able to get for that. And uh, thinking about climate change broadly,
1: my wife's grandmother, she Karin, one month ago she celebrated her uh, 100th birthday. Yes, mm-hmm. and you know many of those questions we we talk about today with the climate and things like that and the environment for Karin. Yeah, uh, so. It's no big deal because Karin when she goes to the store to buy some food she, she don't throw anything away she uh, if she buy um, some clothes she she uh, wear them to until them uh, un, until them are worn out you know and when they are worn out see she do something with the clothes you know maybe she do some I don't know some pillow or something and if she buy a car, <laughs> <laughs> she used the car until this it's over until the end. And I think to live a, a, a life like that, I think it will become more richer, you know, because then you don't try to, also you don't focus so much on the neighbor and things like that.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I think I used to view living that way as a sacrifice and thus it seemed a little bit irrational to me, but I've also Experienced more of that myself the last couple of years, and read things like your book or uh, Peter Kalmus's book, mm. and it talks about what a joy it is to give up a lot of that stuff and mm. to focus on reusing and being conservative in that way as being a source of great pleasure, uh, yeah. as opposed to just being like, oh, I can't buy this next thing. You're like, whatever. We'll make we'll make our own fun. You know, mm. we'll redesign something that we have and be creative, and that's even more pleasurable than just buying something on Amazon.
1: Yes. But, you know, what's your memory from last summer? Uh, oh, God.
0: What, just the pandemic and in being inside and walking my dog? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Okay. But for me, my biggest memory were when me and my two older uh, uh, kids, we just took the the trainers on and we ran over the hills, maybe five kilometers to like a small river. And it was maybe 16 degrees in the river. So not so warm, but not so cold. And then we just float with the river for three kilometers. And then we just ran back home a little bit frozen a little bit hungry and, you know, a big smile on the face. It costs nothing, just a little bit of uh, heartbeats, you know. And I think to remind yourself about those kind of things, it's important because those kinds of memory, I think you will bring them for the rest of your life. So you don't remember that you buy a new bicycle or some kind of new training shoes last some, as you know, don't focus on that focus on the on nature because those kind of memory it will stuck in the head like a glow and i think that is the the best to try to fill yourself with memory that's it's a rich life i think so so i try to focus on that
0: to try to fill yourself with memory yeah that's a beautiful sentence
1: Yeah. yeah i try to Yeah, and I try to teach my kids that also. So, so, and yeah, I think that's my, you know, ambition with them to just fill them up. And I think when I am gone, I think they will remember the summer when the father took them to the river and, you know, when they swim under the water or did a high jump from a high cliff or, you know, do a long cross country ski tour around the mountains. They will not remember that I buy a new bicycle and things like that. And I, I know every people know this, but still they focus on more and more things. And if you have more and more things, you must put more and more energy in that. And then you will, you know, miss a lot of good memories out in nature.
0: That's certainly true. I find the amount of labor I spend processing cardboard boxes that we've received at the home in order to be recycled and unpacking things. And then once I have them, I'm like, oh, well, the vacuum needs a new filter. This needs that. Oh, I have to reseason our steel, carbon steel pans. I have to do this. And it's just sort of an endless litany of chores that I have adopted because i chose to own all these things and there's a simpler way but dang it i I talk a good game about this marcus but i uh i don't really feel like i've been able to extricate myself from this pattern what's a if someone's listening and they they feel inspired by this and they want to imitate you some how can they start me me too how do i start because i i like it but i can't do it
1: (laughs) yeah but you know start a little bit slow don't push it too hard just uh I think if you um, build a relation with nature, I think nature with, will um, teach you something. So, so I, I think that is important, you know. And, and to if you're going to have a relationship, you must put some time into it. So just open up the door and go out, maybe for two hours every week. And you start with that. And then you go do it more and more and more, you know. So one thing to do can be to just sleep outside one time every month. So then you will sleep outside as 12 times for one year. And so the second year, maybe you take, and you know, you just do it more and more so so don't push too much in the beginning and then you 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 some just feel is this something for me and i think you will appreciate it Uh, but you must put some time into it Uh, yeah what do you think
0: someone would learn by sleeping outside once a month for a year
1: yes so Okay, if you live in a city, maybe you should, tr- maybe you have a friend that lives on the countryside. Visit that guy or that girl. And then you, you sh- uh, lay on the outside the house, you know, and maybe try to go to a place where you can see the stars, you know. And I know that when you're looking up at stars, they will, that will do something with your head, you know. I think you will think different thoughts. If you compare that room to just uh, ordinary sleeping room, as you know, under the stars will pff, do something with you. I, I, you know, I like to swim, but if you compare swimming inside a pool or swimming in the ocean, I like to swim in the ocean much more because sometimes I see fish and I see a fishing boat and I see the. The birds and things like that—it it, it, becomes a, a, a bigger experience when you swim outside in the ocean, and it's the same thing if you're going to sleep under open sky. So, so the sleep will become bigger. So, and you know, you you always also sleep. You do that every day, so learn something.
0: <laughs> do you <laughs> do you also like the related? tradition you know maybe that's not the right way to say it do you also like this concept i've heard floating around recently called forced bathing do you see yourself as part of that
1: no no but i I have heard that word but uh, i think it's a good thing to to hug a tree absolutely and maybe it's a similar thing that i do but i know that if you are outside in the forest it's a good feeling you know Something will happen, so just to be there, just, uh, yeah, I like it. So I try to do it every day and I do it every day. You know, when I am around Sweden and do some public speech, I always have my sleeping bag with me. And so, so after my job is done, I go to the closest village and just take one night there. And then in the morning I take the train back home. So, yeah. And then maybe in the night, I hear some animals and things like that, you know, and it's a big experience. If I compare that to a, a room in a hotel, you know, the forest, it's off. Oh, it's become that night become much bigger. I think I will learn something. Yeah, I think so too.
0: It's an interesting approach. I've gone to a lot
1: of conferences, I've never gone camping while at a conference. <laughs> maybe maybe I should. Maybe yes, I of know. course. You know, but in Sweden, I, I I have never been in America, but in Sweden, you know, as so a close to every city in Sweden, it's it's always uh, as a, a big forest, so you don't need a permission for the landlord to do it. You don't just take your sleeping bag and go out in the forest, and nothing will ever happen to you, no dangerous animals, it's no snakes and things like that and you know people they don't walk in the forest in the night so you can just be safe and yeah you know I like that so I start a small fire and yeah sit there and think a little bit and then you know <laughs> go to sleep <laughs> and see the stars and maybe it comes a little bit rain oh, a little bit oh, not so good feeling but then I woke up in the morning and yeah you know it's a good feeling again and then Yeah. Back to the train and come back home to my family. I like that. So I try to do that every time I am away. Yeah. It's fun to build
0: a little discomfort in given that we expect everything to be seamless, comfortable, et cetera. Yeah. Americans have a very strong back to the land tradition. We most commonly associate it with Henry David Thoreau and Walden. Yeah. but You also have, you know, everything that the hippies did in the sixties and seventies and Christopher McCandless from Into mm. the Wild. This is, mm. it's sort of a part of our culture to, you know, uh, go yeah. West, young man, frontier. Yeah. But mm. uh, do your countrymen and women view you as a little bit of a nut or do they appreciate what you're up to?
1: I think they appreciate because uh, maybe in the beginning, uh, some people didn't understand what I tried to do. But, you know, when they met me and we, we, we talked a little bit, so, so then they understand. So then they just left me alone. So and and I think, you know, I am no, um, I'm just a regular guy. And, and uh, the thoughts and the problems I have, many, uh, they, they can relate, relate to that. So and um, so we can talk about that. And then I um, Try to talk about my way of finding my own way and they can understand it. So, yeah, I feel that people want to understand me and I feel that people like me and and they don't think that I am a crazy guy, you know. Uh, Yeah, that's
0: that's good. I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) <laughs> but I, uh, of
1: course you know when you lived four years just by yourself as a four and a half year in forest of course there will be some rumors uh, of course but it's okay uh, yeah yeah
0: i can only imagine yeah well actually i have a thought about your book and i'm wondering if you can confirm it or or not but it strikes me as incomplete, but in a good way. Whereas if there was an American version of this book, it would almost be a comprehensive how-to guide of how to do it. And while you do have some tutorials inside of the book, it's almost poetically truncated in the sense that there's pictures, there's stuff about how to start a fire, what kind of fabrics you like, what kind of food you like. Uh, it isn't all the information you seemingly need to you know live outside for four and a half years. There's a lot of knowledge that that would presumably take, but it isn't the point to be comprehensive, and it being interjections of visual media and pictures it's almost it's more artistic than it is a how to yeah, yeah, guide yeah. is that right
1: yeah, Yes yeah so one hundred percent you know I just want to you know uh, open up. I will not be so much as a teacher I just want to open up that door that so people just go out and find by themselves because it's so easy to tell people what they should do and a a lot of people do that I don't like that you know (laughs) Uh, if you live outdoors for four years so of course I can as you know the, the craftsmanship I can that I don't want to write about it too much i so for me it's more interesting the things that are between the lines so between the words so i don't want to give away too much information you know it's more a feeling i want to open up so yeah Mm.
0: yeah there's an american version of it that's just here's all the gear that you have to buy and it's you know a couple thousand (laughs) dollars and you're just like yeah just take a sleeping bag and you'll you'll be fine
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, but but yeah, I I hear what you say, and, and 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 people sometimes they ask me just about that. Why, Marcus? Why don't you write more with more information? But it's just that that are the, the thing. You know, I don't want to buy as a write with more information. I want to keep it a little bit hide in the dark. It is more about a, a feeling. I want to, you know like a sweet uh, candy thing out in the forest. I want just people to get longing for it, you know. And it's so easy to just say what people should do. And in in social media, it's always like that. Do like this or do like that. And, uh, you know, no, that's not my way. It seems
0: like if the point is to go have first hand experience if you had a guide that told you literally everything you needed to know and would learn it would somehow detract from your personal experience.
1: Yeah. You know, I have it's um, so in Sweden I have some kind of uh, followers uh, over the years uh, people that take uh, contact uh, with me and uh, they will try to uh live outside for a year or so and um, they they seek a lot of information and you know (laughs) I don't give them any information because I want them to feel it you know from the beginning from the start I want them to to learn the hard way because if they learn the hard way (coughs) the knowledge will become much bigger in the heart. So, you know, and, you know, it's the easiest thing for me to to just say to them, okay, do like this, then it will be okay, but I don't do it, (laughs) you know, yeah, you know, it's always like this, so, you know, um, so so that's my thing, I don't want to be... uh, too clear about things. I want to be a little bit more secret because then they will ask themselves the right questions and then they will become a bigger person. So, in the long term, it's the best decision, you know, for me and for them. But in the beginning, for them, they thought, okay, come on, Marcus, give me something. <laughs> but, you know, I don't give it away. I just. I try to give them a good feeling, and then I know that that good feeling will help them. You know, so, yeah. It sounds like your parenting philosophy too. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I I just try to, what you say. You know, they have the possibility. Just um, help them a little bit, but not too much then they find a way oh and then they become really really strong back in the days i was uh, quite a good runner in sweden uh, and i i trained some people and and uh, as a trainer it's really really easy to just come through training and they just tell them okay today you're going to do this and that and you're going to run in this speed and, and things like that but i think if you as a, the ambition if you work as a coach, is to be uh, unemployed. So the ambition is to teach them so the the athletes can take the right decisions for themselves. Do you understand what I try to, to say here?
0: Yeah, I, I believe so. They're looking for someone to give them all the answers and that's really not what it's about.
1: No, because they must just ask them the question by themselves and then after maybe sometimes they will find a way and then they will become a much better athlete yeah that makes sense
0: and just to Mm -hmm. clarify too so you spent four four and a half years out in the wilderness by yourself but now it seems like you've split the difference where you're still living somewhat rurally with a family but you're also not super far from others right
1: yeah, yeah, we have like um, two Swedish kilometers to the closest uh, neighbor. So yeah, oh, okay. So so that... if something happens, I can run to them in ten minutes. Yeah. yeah, I live close by the area where I live in the forest. Also, um, I lived in different uh, what you say, different spots on the, those four years. I had the teepee in four different uh, areas, but it were um, quite close to the area I live in now, maybe two, three kilometers. So, so it's in the same area I live in now. So, so the forest I run and lived in for 20 years, it's the same woods I live in now. Hmm.
0: Do you think this rural living is maybe something that would be recommended to a listener rather than spending their own four years out in the forest by themselves? Do you think this is a good way to get a lot of the benefit of what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. But if you feel lost in the head, I think it can be a good way to put yourself in a really hardcore situation out in the the nature. I think that can help you, you know. Mm -hmm. If you also are um, in Sweden today, people get like burned out in the head. It's just too much. As They get really, really tired and cannot go to work for maybe one year. But if they have... If they are sick like that, I think they will come back to life faster if they just put uh, themselves out in the forest. If it takes one year, if you live a normal life, I think it will take maybe just three months if you are just by yourself in the forest. But those three months will be really, really tough, of course. But I think you will be back faster, I think. Because, yeah, you know, when everything is calm around you, after a couple of weeks, you will find your own uh, thoughts and, yeah, and then you will find a way, I think, anyway. And then if you are a little bit sad and then you are freezing like hell, then you don't focus on the sad feeling. You start to focus on getting warm and then you start a fire and then you just feel the, the heat over the, the face and then you feel that okay, life is not so hard. It's pretty pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I sounds like a crazy guy. I, I hear it, but yeah. Oh no, I, I mean, believe nature.
0: My laughs are not intended to be mockery. I am, I, I'm tickled <laughs> by your comments. I think they're interesting and, and, yeah. and worthy. Well, we should start wrapping it up, Marcus. Obviously, if someone wants to support your work uh, and the work of your wife, Frida, um, Under the Open Skies, Finding Peace and Health in Nature, they can buy this book.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm really proud of that book. Uh, it's from my heart. So, yeah, it's a good book.
0: I like it too. I think it's well-designed and I like the experience of reading it. Um, It's as I described it, it's more impressionistic and poetic than strictly straightforward. And I really like that about it. I think that makes it a a really beautiful experience.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Makes me very happy to hear that.
0: Yeah. And links are in the show notes if you'd like to learn more or find a link where you could buy or investigate further if you'd like. And um yeah, any, any final thoughts, Marcus, or are you, you feel like we covered it all?
1: Yeah, everything is just covered. So, but if you want to learn more, just buy the book, and then you, yeah, maybe that can help you to open the door out to nature. I think so, in a way. That was my ambition with the book, in a way.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I think you were successful at that. Yeah, go, go check out the book. And uh, <laughs> thanks for, for being on the show, Marcus.